Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Fraser Wilson and today I'm joined by the Sunday Mail Scott McDermott and Record Sports Gavin Berry to look at all the latest goings on at Ibrox. On the pod today, we discussed the latest transfer talk with the clock ticking down on the English transfer window. We go over the aftermath of that edge-of-the-seat league opener at Rugby Park and look ahead to what lies in Mitchelland for Rangers and Europa League duty on Thursday. Guys, it's a big schedule today, so let's get cracking with it. Um, let's get straight into the, the heart of the transfers, as always, and uh, it might not exactly be news, might not exactly be breaking news anyway, but things maybe become a wee bit clearer in the Ryan Kent saga in the next um, 12, 24 hours with the English window shutting at 5pm on Thursday. Um, today, Wednesday morning, it broke that Leeds were preparing a last gas bid for Kent. They've got a bit of money to splash now, of course, with KMR Roof's departure. Um, do you think, come this time tomorrow, come the end of Thursday, that uh, the ball might be back in Rangers court with Ryan Kent? Um, not necessarily, because I think it's out of Rangers' hands at the moment. Fraser, I mean, Stephen Gerrard said uh, on numerous occasions, no, they can't compete with clubs that are going to bid no, six, seven million for, for Ryan Kent, if that's what Liverpool value him at. Rangers were basically no, going to spend the whole summer sitting hoping that no nobody came in for him, nobody came in to buy him with, with big money, and eventually Liverpool would, would probably let him uh, go out and loan. I don't think there was much chance of Liverpool bringing the, no, bringing the asking price down to a level where Rangers were... No, Rangers would be comfortable with. So, no, I think uh, the ball's very much in no Leeds and Liverpool and, and Ryan Kent's court at the, at the minute. Because, I mean, I don't think he'll be a. I mean, you're talking about KMR Roof going. I mean, he's not a straight replacement for him. Roof's obviously a striker, but Leeds have been mentioned with, with Kent for a while. They have got money in the bank. Um, it would be the kind of move you would expect Ryan Kent to make leaving Liverpool, no, a top end. Championship club for for serious money, and obviously, if it goes through, it's going to be a huge blow to Rangers. I, th- yeah. I think what I mean there, I think yeah, if, if, if Ryan Kent's still Liverpool yeah, tomorrow, is it not then? Does it not then fall on Stephen Gerrard to use his powers of persuasion again yeah. to go back to Jurgen Klopp, who we know he's got a good relationship well, no, with? Well, say, right, come, come on. Yeah, if come five pm on Thursday when the English transfer window closes, then I, I mean I, I don't know if I would necessarily say it's back in the balls back in Rangers court. I think. Jurgen Klopp that obviously then has a decision. What do you do? Do you just try and invite bids from abroad with the transfer window still open, you know, and just see what kind of interest is out there? Um, I suppose if they're not going to sell them, it's what happens, you know, what happens next? Would they be open to sending them on loan? And if so, are Rangers the favourites? Or is he going to, you know, is Jurgen Klopp then going to keep him around as part of the Liverpool squad and maybe see if he can... Just I, I just can't see Ryan Kent being part of that Liverpool squad this season. I can't. I just don't. As much as I'm impressed with the player, I can't see yeah. what he's going no, to bring he, to the table there. No, he might be part of the squad, but I mean, he's not going to get anywhere near the anywhere near the first team. I so what is the point there? Well, I mean, listen, he, he could stay there and no Klopp and other managers obviously mix it up for the you know, the Carabao Cup and stuff like that. So I mean, he could maybe get a couple of appearances there. No, he could maybe go on the bench with injuries and stuff. I mean, he could. Keep him there and, and use it, no, use him kind of fleetingly. But is that really going to be good for Ryan Kent's development yeah, given the, the year that he's just that had? You can that? clearly see why the players feel frustrated with what's 
potentially lying in front of him here. Yeah, that, that that would take him back. No, if Liverpool did that, that would take his development back a year. And no, Jurgen Klopp's no no stupid. He knows no the performances that Kent put in at Rangers. He knows that it got him a better profile. He knows that the player was confident uh, while he was up here. No, that I think he'd lost that confidence with previous loan moves. So Ryan Kent went back to Liverpool in a really good place. And Klopp won't want to want to lose that. Clearly, no Klopp feels another loan isn't ideal for him. They'd rather he went permanently, and Liverpool get some money um, for all the work that they've put in. But as Gav says, if that doesn't happen by uh, by five pm Thursday, then no Klopp's going to have a big decision to make because I think then Steven Gerrard will be back on the phone. I think Ryan Kent will be back on his agents and saying, no, let's let's try and make this happen one way or another. Yeah, it's, it's a test, isn't it? Uh, Gerard's powers of persuasion, I suppose, is what I was trying to get at earlier. Yeah. This is the player he's wanted all summer, more than anybody. And, yeah. um, it, it's basically still out there to be got. Yeah, but uh, but as as we keep saying, I, suppose, I mean, ultimately, it, is, it still comes down to Liverpool's, you know, it's up to Liverpool. They're not just going to do, they won't just do Rangers a favour and just yeah. say, oh, yeah, we'll just send them back up. I mean, they want to make, if, if he really is going to be sold, they're going to sell to the highest bidder. They're not yeah. just going to sell to Rangers. They're not just going to say, listen, we like Stephen Gerrard. You know, just give us a couple of million quid and you can have them. Yeah. They're going to want to make the most that they can. But um, that that's where the problem is going to lie for Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool is that, if the if the English window closes at five pm and he's not been sold, you know what, what do they do then abroad? If there's no interest from abroad and he's not going to be part of the Liverpool squad, what 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 are they going to do? That's the point. That's when Rangers would have their best chance. You know, if maybe Jurgen Klopp does a U-turn and says, "Well, I thought we were going to sell him, but you know we haven't managed to do that." Therefore, even though I don't believe it's the best thing for him, we will just send him out on loan again. Then that's when Rangers would have a right chance. What do the Rangers need to do then? Because a big talker on the, the digital side of the, the sports desk this week, lads, um, which lucky yous aren't part of. <laughs> but, um, so it seems to be an agreement that Rangers have almost downgraded in the attacking areas, going by early performances. I thought at Kilmarnock, they were lacking that cutting edge, as they did often last mm-hmm, season, mm-hmm. but I think missing Ryan Kent. I actually still think they missed Daniel Kandias. Yeah. I don't think Shea Ojo yet looks no. like a replacement for Candias. Well, I don't think like Jordan Jones no. is as good as Kent on the other side. You're a harsh well, man. Harsh you're man. a harsh man judging guys after, no, no, after yeah, one yeah, game. Yeah, right. sorry, sorry to butt in, but it's funny. When, when I was watching some of the reaction to Ojo's um, performance on uh, Sunday, I was down at the game on Sunday, and I was looking on you know social media and forums and a few... You know, punters were saying, you know, Ojo, he's not got it, he's not got it. And I was actually thinking back to the podcast, one of the podcasts we did recently here, when we were talking about whether it was right to sell Kandias. And one of the points I remember making was at least with Kandias, you knew what you were getting. I think Scott had said that, but Ojo will be an upgrade and he'll play ahead of him. Therefore, if he's not going to get game time, then it was almost, there's almost this assumption that Ojo, because of his pedigree, is going to be a success. But and you're right, you can't write him off after one game. Oh, totally. But, and he is the but, one that would but, definitely yeah, reserve judgment yeah, on another yeah. two. But, but, what we um, did, but the thing about Candias and that was the one thing you had about him is he got it. He knew, you know, what was required. Whereas yeah. a lot of the other guys that were bringing in, when we were listening to Ojo and Jones and Hasty and all these other guys were saying, you know, you don't know for sure that they're but going, but, but what you're going okay, to get. But it's all right saying that, but 
But what Candias was given wasn't enough. No, what Candias gave last season wasn't enough. No, in terms you, of goals, no, assists, no, trophies. The po- but so the point we were making was you only replace them if you're bringing in better. And no. therefore, if Ojo and these other guys aren't better, then I think that's a point for us. That's a big if. Yeah, but that's what I'm Is it an upgrade? But on on the first, on the evidence of the first on game, the past the week, Ojo, certainly, aye. The Ojo, he still has to prove it. Aye, know? of course he does. But I mean, listen, Ojo had a poor game yeah. on Sunday, along with just about every other Rangers player. Let's let's be honest. Very average, aye. Very. No, very average performance. Largely granted, didn't he? No, the way Kilmarnock played, it was no, it was really difficult as it always seems to be for Rangers going there. But as much as Ojo was poor, no, the game was so tight. There was no space in behind whatsoever. Um, no, to use his no to use his pace, which is his main his main attribute. Um, so I think it's no very harsh to be writing a guy off after one game away to. To yeah. Rugby Park. No, Gav's right. No, oh, he's still got to prove it. He's still got to prove that he's going to give more than Candias yeah. and you know, contribute more than Candias. But clearly, when Gerard brought him in, he thought he was an upgrade on mm-hmm. on Candias, and that's why that's why he's let him go. Yeah. Um, that's the worry. What you've the, the problem last there, season about the compact defences and the, you know, the low block to use the phrase that, uh-huh. <laughs> that Johnny likes. <laughs> um, that that was the problem last season, and if that's the problem on day one, that's going to continue to be the problem. Surely, this is the issue: is that Rangers need people or a system that's going to. That's what I'm un- saying. Let, yeah. Right, let's ensure yeah. that term low block yeah. leaves this room with Johnny Wright. <laughs> it makes right, me okay. sick, but <laughs> I, I know you guys don't use it. You're good old-fashioned football <laughs> men, but um, well, deep yeah. line defences that, as. Yeah. They are going to come up against that, week after week in this league and cause the problems last season. Yeah. Aren't they needing players with a bit more guile, That's a bit more movement to, to create this space for Ojo yeah, to exploit? But we've been talking about that for over a year. Well, yeah, maybe yeah. one point I would make on that is maybe it's... I mean, Joe Arebo was the one guy throughout the summer and throughout the early pre-season yeah. that was getting so much um, praise yeah. uh, as being the kind of standout of the kind of summer signings and all that. Nah, I threw my and, heart and, on and him and as well. Also on Sunday, um, um, but you know it's towards the end there when they were sort of pushing for that winner. He, I think he he was him who had the shot save yep. for the corner for Aye, the result winner. Was, yeah. When you notice when he was getting forward a bit there, actually maybe he should be playing a bit more see if he played maybe a bit more in a kind of advanced position yep. he you saw the joy that he was getting there so maybe getting him in a more advanced role could be key to sort of breaking yeah, and down and also as Gerard said I think Gerard said after the game <clears throat> if you do encounter that deep line defence and things aren't going for you like clearly they weren't on Sunday you need to find other ways to score and which they did. Rangers ah, did through a set piece. If, himself, you, a game of set pieces, if you can't break through the defence, you need to come up with set pieces. Yeah. And Rangers obviously came up with came up with two on Sunday, which they didn't do enough of last season. Set pieces weren't weren't good enough. Granted. Um look. and again it's early in the season, but they've scored for two corners already in the opening day, which has been which has been crucial for them. Um They're already Gav- ahead of where they were for their entire points tally against Kelly last season. Yep. That's an upgrade. It's one game on plastic, I get that. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I lost track of my point, which was Ojo. Rangers need to sign another attacker. Oh, no. <laughs> and Ojo, the, the point was Ojo, is he the answer? And it wasn't yeah. actually, it wasn't no. actually. I was just thinking that the attack in general oh, at the moment, oh, I feel yeah, it's listen, not you, an upgrade yet on last point, season. You've got a point in the sense that if you look at it and say, that just say Ojo's a replacement for Kent, Mm-hmm. Right, so he's he's got that to to live up to. I mean, Kent didn't start his Rangers career brilliantly either, but That's came true. on to it and yeah. became a real a real favourite. 
So if he's a straight replacement, you've then basically lost Candias and Lafferty for the, no, the front guys, and that's where you've brought in Jordan Jones, Greg Stewart, no, uh, Jake Hasty, I suppose, as well. So you've got a point where you've lost two experienced guys in Candias and Lafferty, no, kind of proven, got a bit of pedigree, and you've brought in guys who certainly, you know, at Rangers are pretty much untried and younger in terms of Jones and, and Stuart and Hasty. Um, so they've got it all to prove it. But as we've spoken about before, at least on Sunday, I thought Jones actually made a difference when he when he came on. He was better than Ojo. Um, I thought he should have been on sooner. And at least when Gerard's looking at his bench now and seeing guys like Jones and Stuart, and obviously Defoe was there as well, he's at least looking, thinking, I've got a few options here who can actually maybe change the game. I think on many occasions last year, he looked at the bench and there was just nothing. There was nothing there, especially in the first half of the, the season before before Defoe arrived. So does he need one more? Possibly, I mean, we were all talking about, you no, know, he was going to get Kent and Kent was the one he wants. So if he's not going to get Kent, then... Ah, you would probably say he's he'll be looking at maybe try to get one more one more attacking player in before the before the window. Well, mm-hmm. on a positive then, on the transfer positives as in players coming in, what's needed? What what's left? I mean, I still feel there's a a gaping hole at left back. Yeah, I would have said well, well there's, I, no, there's no a gaping hole because they've got three left backs. Yeah, the problem is they don't have one. None of them enough. Enough. No, can nail it down. Yeah, aye, I, that's I that, think, that's I mean, a diplomatic way of putting it, Scott. Well done. The Barisic one has been debated so often in here. I was even debated at the weekend, by the way. I, I wasn't overly impressed with him. So no, 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 no. Again, but again well. but I think the problem now is that he's, he's got to the stage now where it's just like he's just a whipping boy. And I think that, Aye. you know, sometimes you reach that stage. I think he's probably low in confidence because of that. And I think when you get to that stage, you know, it's really hard to overcome that. Punters are on your back all the time. They see you as the, the kind of weak link. Um... Stephen Gerrard obviously decided in the summer it looks like he was going to give him another chance, unlike Gresda, as we discussed in here. Uh, but if he's not up to it, then, you know, Andy Halliday's slotting in the left back and you're suddenly saying, should should Rangers be starting the season, you know, with Andy Halliday really as his first choice left back? Probably not. I th- uh, I th- so I think left back... I think, he's first, I think his first choice left back is John Flanagan. I think so, I. Oh. Um, I mean... The, towards the end of last season when they were playing well when they kind of tinkered with the system a bit Flanagan was playing at left back Gerard was really happy with him is it ideal? no because I've said it before when, when you're at, especially games at home or games when you're attacking uh, and you've got most of the ball it's no ideal having Flanagan there because he's not going to charge down the, the left wing and throw balls in with his left foot no he's more defensive he's a bit more cautious when he does get into the final third, he'll cut back and try and get across in with his right. However, what you can say about him is he's solid, he's yeah. dependable, No, he likes a tackle, he likes one-on-ones, proper defender who's played at a very good level. Uh, not high, no, if you think the Premier League, certainly higher than no Halliday or, or Barisic has played it. So I think if Steven Gerrard was to go and pick a left-back no, to play in a, in a big game uh, tomorrow, we all three fit. No, if Flanagan is fully fit, he would go with Flanagan at left back. I agree with Gav. Barisic's confidence is just shot to pieces now, and it's difficult to see you no know, how he gets that back. Whether Gerard has to literally just take him out 
of the, the firing line completely and try and work with him behind closed doors to try and get the confidence back. But you're watching him on Sunday. I mean, he was woeful on Sunday, and that's putting it mildly. And it's not just about him doing things wrong. It's the fact that when he's receiving a ball, he's literally not even lifting his head to try and play forward because he's so low in confidence. He just wants to get it and give it back to the centre-back or give uh-huh. it into the central midfielder. There's no link-up at all with the guy wide left. I've, I've seen people comment and saying it's difficult for him when Arfield's playing wide left because Arfield will float about and he'll come in field and he's not got a guy to work with. No, I would take that on board, but even when Arfield and Ojo switched on Sunday, he couldn't get anything going with Ojo at all, who obviously wasn't playing well either. But I think if you watch Barisic closely, it's clear you know, that confidence that he had when he signed for Rangers is gone. Even he's crossing, I mean, he got the move to Rangers, I would suggest pretty much on <coughs> being this marauding fullback um, who was going to <coughs> be renowned for whipping balls in, no, no, really fizzing balls across the six-yard box. Um, he did that with Ossiejek in both games against Rangers. You're watching him on Sunday, the difference is incredible. He's, he's no lifting his head, he's floating balls in that the keeper's plucking out there. Just looks like a different player, and I don't know whether Gerard, as I say, has to take him out the firing line, get working with him, try and get his confidence back. Um, because I think, as I say, if Flanagan's fit, he'll be the he'll be the first choice left back, hundred percent. In terms of bringing players in, you could do an upgrade, couldn't you? Well, yeah, right. Here's what I was going to say. Yeah, you know what? Get rid of oh yeah, you can't afford left backs. Having said what you said there, and I go along with totally. John Flanagan's the safest um, pair of feet <laughs> at the moment, uh, and I think that says a lot for these modern day fullbacks with emphasis is on attacking. Yeah. I think, more importantly, a fullback has to be able to defend first and foremost. So I go along with John Flanagan there. A name that had come up earlier in the summer in that position, who would be an upgrade for me and who's been back in the news this week, is Max Lowe. Uh, I think, who's it, Brentford had a 1.5 yep. million bid booted out by Derby. Um, didn't make the Derby squad um, Monday night, was it Monday night? Is that the sort of player do you think that Rangers yeah. could go in for? It is proven in the Premiership. But Greg Taylor, the guy they left back well, the of course. I, I would say Greg. Fantastic. I would say Greg. Greg Taylor's a boy and obviously has come on leaps and bounds. And would be a cheaper uh, option, actually, I, wouldn't he? I, I would say Greg Taylor before, Max yeah. Lowe. But again, I still think Rangers would need to sell Barisic mm. to, to fund it. Even I mean, if they get money in for Gresda this week? But again, I just don't think he can have four left-backs on the true. books. I know, yeah. I know Halliday can play midfield, Flanagan can play right-back, but... Mm. I, I suppose d- it depends how seriously Gerrard's... I mean, it depends if, if, if in Gerrard's mind he's given up in Barisic. I mean, yeah. that's, you know... Is, is, in his mind, is he going to say that's it? We keep revisiting Last this chance. one. I, I, th- I think if Rangers could get... If Rangers could get a million pounds for Barisic tomorrow, no, they would probably sell him. And then... They should look at a, a Greg Taylor, a guy who's no never injured, no proven left back in the Scottish Premiership, safe as houses normally, yeah. um, very reliable, good Grass going forward, good going forward. Um, no, he's on your doorstep. I don't think Kelly. No, I don't know what Greg Taylor's contract situation is, but no, it certainly wouldn't cost as much as no if you're talking one point five or one point seven for for Max Lowe. So. Why would you know? Look at, at, at Greg Taylor, um, and by that actually, I would actually say the same for Celtic. If Celtic were looking for a left back. I'm, I'm surprised that they've not looked at, at Greg Taylor I think they to, have. to take him in. That, so that, that rings a bell. That one, but 
That is a, is a great suggestion. Look, tying up the transfer stuff um, before we move on to the Kelly game. Um, Glenn Middleton, uh, you expect that to go through in the next day or two, Scott? I think so. I mean, it seemed, for everything I heard, it seemed to be pretty much tied up. I think he did his medical yesterday. I know Paul Heckingbottom's very keen to, to get it done, so I would expect that to, to go through pretty good soon. Good signing for Hibs, that, wouldn't he? Such it a was a bizarre big, one. Big, big fan Jenner of Middleton. Friday had said, I mean, I he basically said, I mean, he was so he was going to open, he just, he was going, and he actually said, he said his choice, that was the other thing he said, he said brave of him because it's his choice, you know, to go there and he'll challenge for the title in Holland. Yep. And that was the thing, it was if it was coming from him himself, you yeah. know, he was kind of praising his attitude, that was, that was why the it Hibs was, one came, it, totally came out of the blue. You're right, I mean, the only thing I'd say is, is I mean, Breda are in the second, second tier, tier Dutch right. football now, so... I think, I think it's a better move if he once can get Hibs, Once Hibs came on the scene, it sounds as if Middleton's kind of... Middleton and Rangers probably have looked at it and thought if we could get him actually playing games in the Scottish Premiership, um, obviously not against Rangers, it'll probably benefit him even more Genius. if he's going to come back to Rangers and try and make a go of it. That's a win-win-win for everyone, I think. I really rate that boy highly. It's so strong and direct, um, can get you goals. I think it'd be a great sign for Hibs. He'll do damage to Rangers' rivals and not Rangers because he won't play against Rangers and it'll get him games. I, I just think... It's, it's, I agree. It's a I, think, I think there's definitely potential there, but he's got to go out and he's got to go out and prove, prove it. it. This Aye. is the, no, this is the big, the big question. I don't think he's ready, Glenn Middleton, to go in and be a regular for for Rangers just yet. Um, obviously, Rangers are going to hope that they're, you know, they're competing for titles and challenging for trophies. I don't think he's ready to go in and you know, play every week for Rangers. But if he could do that at Hibs, or at least get you no know, twenty five, thirty games under his belt at Scottish Premiership level, starting a lot of games, then it'll do them the, the world of good. There's no there's no doubt about that. And I also think Paul Heckingbottom's proven to be a really good manager, so I think he'll be he'll be good for him as well. Yeah. Time things up, Gavin. Uh, looks like Eros Gresda is the, the next to go. Um, is it Dijon um, yeah. in France that I think are, are linked with the Gresda? Right, and then sent yeah. down to Berwick, wasn't yeah. he? You'll cut the mustard over Played there. 90 minutes oh. at Berwick oh. last oh. night. Oh, yeah. oh. Oh, nearly missed that. Took you a while again, uh, mate, Congratulations. Yeah, make, sure, make, make sure you edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> nice now that you've caught it, make sure that you edit it out. <laughs> you've written that somewhere uh, this week, haven't you? Just came to me, honestly. Oh, just came to me. Never right, lose right it. off the cuff. Never Jesus. lose it. Well, I've lost track of where I was now. Uh, Gresdale will go, won't he? He'll go to... On his way out. Sent to Berwick, wasn't he? I sent to Berwick. Sent a bit of Berwick. English mustard there. That doesn't work, does it? No. Nah, it's okay. Sent, sent to Berwick in the lashing rain. Although that was... Played uh, 90 minutes and the, I think by all accounts they did okay. Actually, against a Lowland League club, right enough. Surprising they did send him down right enough considering he's on the brink of that move. Imagine he'd... Injured. Going over his ankle or something like that and then that move was off. Would that it, suggest that there maybe surprising. isn't a move? Uh, well, from what his agent's saying, it looks as if it's close and he's on his way. That was, yeah. But certainly when I heard that, that he was down there, I must admit, it did kind of, um, it did surprise me. Because that was the first thing I thought if he got injured. It'll be interesting to see how much money they can recoup if he grazed her because, I mean, as we know, he's contributed next to, next to nothing yeah. since he's been here. I mean, if they did, the Rangers did spend... No, upwards of 1.5, 1.7 million on them. Um, they really need to recoup some of that, some of that cash. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see what the see what the transfer fee is. Yeah, let's hope we do find out in this 
age of the undisclosed fee, which I know gets right up your nose, Scott. Uh, right, let's move on from the transfers. What, we, we've spoken quite a bit about the Kilmarnock game already, obviously, mm-hmm. but uh, what, what do you take away from that, uh, Gavin? Because well, it's an excellent win at the end of the day, well, isn't it, it to just, get the I mean, season up and running? Yeah, I mean, Stephen Gerrard pretty much summed it up. I mean, it was one ugly, wasn't it? I mean, the contrast and the mood to... F- I mean, when that goal... Because when equaliser goes in from Stephen Madonna with seven minutes to go, I mean, everybody's thinking... Here we go again. Yep. I mean, if, if the full-time whistle goes... I mean, Steam Gerrard fun enough was talking on the Friday about the season. If the, the season ended after 86 minutes, they would have won the league. If the season... If the, if the game had ended in 86 minutes, then the mood would just have been... I mean, it would have been so down because I think... I know it's... I know it's ridiculous saying it after one game, you know, but people... There would have been fans who would have thought that's it, you know, the league's over because you just cannot rely on Celtic dropping, throwing away the amount of kind of points that they threw away last season. So to keep up mount a serious challenge or even win the league, they're gonna to have to win. They're gonna to have to get a run together, get points on the board and they needed that start. So it wasn't the best performance, but it was a win and at least it gives them something to build on. I think if they can get good early momentum, that's their best chance. Especially with the old firm game coming so early. And at home, I think they need to go into that with, you know, I mean, if they could come out of that old firm game with 12 points on the board after four, you would really seriously uh, see them as serious title challengers. We spoke about that, Scott, didn't we? If they, they need to get nine points on the board for the first three games to go into that Celtic game flying. They've got over potentially the hardest of the three. Uh, certainly a place they didn't like going yep. last season. Uh, sets them up nicely for Hibs, which we'll come on to. Uh, this Sunday and I expect Rangers to win on Sunday um, as Gavin said it doesn't matter if it's set pieces doesn't matter if it's ugly it's three points on the board no I mean they deserve a bit of credit uh, if not for the performance at least for you know, that kind of desire and resilience that they showed towards the end you No, know, you get a Gav touchstone uh, Tavernier produces a great run uh, down the right hand side Aribo creates space for himself and gets a shot off uh, denied only by a brilliant uh, save for the, the Kelly keeper. And then even the the corner, I actually thought uh, Tavernier had a poor game on Sunday, apart from his, the couple of deliveries and, and that run at the end. But you need to give him credit. No, getting into injury time, we've seen it a million times. Teams chasing goals and they get a free kick or a corner and waste it. No, the delivery's not good enough. It hits the first man. No, there was pressure on Tavernier to produce... Uh, no, produce a good ball with that corner and credit to Goldson as well nice. for, for making it his. No, when Broadfoot is kind of wrestling, uh, wrestling him from behind, uh, he gets his head on it um, and, and smashes it in the net. I mean, it was, as I say, the performance wasn't, was far from what Gerard would have wanted, but he'll be so pleased that they showed that wee bit of grit towards the end to, to get over the line because there was too many times last season when they, when they didn't have that. You look True. at any title winning season and you'll see games like that throughout the season. Yeah. You think last season Celtic going to the exact same place, Rugby Park, Scott Brown, Scott last Brown, minute yeah. winner. Yeah. And after the game, you know, people, people will say, oh, that's the kind of game that wins your league. So that's why we can't be too critical because Rangers did win and if, if, if they did end up going on to win the league you would look back on a game like that and say well it's games like that that won it so you can't be too critical however you can't expect to go through a whole season like that either playing like that and expecting to always get yeah. out of jail so you know it's a bit of a kind of also, wake up and also psychologically 
No, when Kelly scored to make it 1-1, yeah. given Rangers' record against them last season, it would have been easy for the players to think, I can't believe it. No, here we go again. It's this team again. There's only 10 minutes left or something we as well. We can't beat them. Yeah. No, seven minutes to go. Yeah. Difficult to go and find a, a winning goal when you've not been playing not been playing well. Um, but as I said earlier, I think Jordan Jones made a difference when he, when he came on. Gave them something a wee bit different. That'll encourage Gerard as well. And obviously the, the, the set piece set piece delivery was was exactly what they needed at that moment in time. Wins like that can galvanise the team as well. I mean it'll bring them, you know, yeah, it bring, gets them bring over them the Kelly hurdle anyway. Yeah, I can imagine there'd be some energy in that changing room get, afterwards. Exactly. I mean yeah. that, that's the kind of and funnily enough, before the game I was listening to Stuart McCall, I think he was a guest on the radio and he was talking about he was talking about the season when Celtic stopped Rangers winning ten in a row, you know, and he was saying he could you know, when he was looking at over at the Celtic camp, he could tell They'd got a together, got a togetherness, you know. I mean, yeah. obviously Rangers have been winning the league, but he says you could, you could sense that they were, you know, get a, had a bit of spirit and all that. that. That's what won Celtic the league that season, you know. I mean, there's no doubt Rangers had the better players, just like there's no doubt Celtic have the better quality players this time around. So Rangers have got to find ways. They've got to find ways, and it's they're going to rely a lot on spirit and togetherness, and they showed that on Sunday. Yeah. We need to touch on the, the problems uh, outside the ground before the game um, because th there is big problems there and they, they need addressed. Uh, they're pretty chaotic scenes and it could have been much worse, could have been could have been very dangerous scenes. Um, hundreds locked out with the first five, ten minutes. Um, it seems it's a turnstiles with a problem. Um, yep. Obviously, we, it's hard to comment too much without knowing. I think it's best that we wait until the outcome of the... Uh, inquest into it before we apportion blame but yeah. there was no doubt there's some problem with the turnstiles um, and when you hear of suggestions that there was a crush it could have been another Hills brother I mean that, that brings home how serious it was now Scott I know you've spoken to some people that were there yep um, what was your take on the situation well the, there were big problems with the, with the turnstiles uh, Fraser I mean I spoke to several people that were there uh, who were queued up to get into rugby park in plenty of time, it's not as if you no know, guys were turning up late for the for the game. Um, but apparently, only four, I think, four turnstiles uh, were in operation behind the behind that stand, which might be normal. But I think the key thing is, as we all know, now Kelly were seem to have been trialing this new uh, scanning system for for fans getting in with, with their tickets. Um, and I mean, spoke to people, you no, know, it was a case of. No, getting to the turnstile, normally you would just hand over your ticket, they would rip the stub off and you go in, so there's a steady flow of people going in the turnstile. But people were being held back, No, even if it was only for one minute, two minutes or whatever, where people behind the turnstiles were effectively trying to scan the tickets with, with mobile phones. And then if it wasn't working, they were having to key in, uh, key in codes into their phone. I mean, it just sounded absolutely shambolic. And obviously... That's causing major problems behind, especially as kickoff gets nearer. Um, you know, the people I spoke to, you know, did find it quite, quite uncomfortable, quite, uh, you know, felt quite, quite dangerous mm -hmm. uh, at times when there seemed to be this big hold up, and then there's a build up of people behind. So, I think I don't understand why Kilmarnock, if it's true that they were trialing this system for the first time, why they would do it on the opening day of the season. Uh, we are, you know, a massive travelling support. Um, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I why you wouldn't trial it in a game against St. Johnson or Hamilton, with all due respect, when 
know, it would be easy to, uh, know, easy, easier to implement it. Um, so th- there was serious problems there. Um, guys I know that were involved also said once they got in there, no, there was no organisation, very little stewarding, no people standing on concourses as as opposed to seats, no doubling up on rows. I think when you look at the game on the, the TV, it seemed that way as well. It just seemed like there was... Too many supporters. It seemed like there was more people in there than, than, than it should have been. So there were clear issues there. Um, but certainly, no, for them that wasn't there to, to try and kind of... No, say that there wasn't any danger there, or there, there was no danger of crushing, and no people were outside. So what, what, what was the problem? I think that's a it's a dangerous road to go down because I say, no, I've spoken to people who were there, and that there were serious serious concerns at one point in Sunday, and I think that's what led to a no a gate being opened or a, or a fence being uh, kind of no people kind of charging at a fence just to try and try and get in and get a bit of, a bit of breathing space. Right. Space at the top left, and I said to him, I said, Well, there's no way they haven't sold out. I said, Tickets are like gold dust, you yeah. know. I mean, obviously, uh, Billy Bowie, the majority shareholder at Commander, had already made the decision to half the old firm's allocation. So I said, You know, tickets are going to be harder to come by than usual. There's no way they haven't sold them, but I couldn't understand why that bit was empty. And then, of course, sort of 10 minutes later, I turned to him, I said, See, it's you know, it's full now. And then and 10 minutes later, I thought, God, it's even f- it's, there's uh, too many people in there, you could tell. It was pretty obvious. So how's that they, happened? They, they, I know, initially, I thought, because we'd read reports about the M77 been closed and all that, I thought, maybe it's just kind of roadworks and it's late arrivals. And then afterwards, in the press room, somebody had called up the video that was f- going around, circulating on social media. And it, I thought it was frightening to see it, especially when you seen the police on the horseback and all that. Because yeah. I think that does then evoke memories of Hillsborough Aye. when you see the police on the horses. Um, you know, we've seen problems with new turnstile yeah. technology failing before. As Scotty yeah. said, this shouldn't happen. I don't even no. think it should happen in a, a real-life game. I think there should be other ways of, of trialling it. Yeah. Um, and then, unfortunately, we've seen other crushes in Scottish football not so long ago. I think there was one at Celtic Park. There was one at Celtic game. Park last season. The, and, and Furhill's another one that's been bad for this kind of uh-huh. thing with turnstile and Rangers. The, the way end. Yeah, and yeah. the end, you know... Um, Pictures on social media again. Games already kicked off. Uh, loads of problems outside. So I mean, it, something that needs to be addressed here. Absolutely. Sorry, Gav, but the other thing as well is, I mean, aside for the, the safety issues, what what kind of way is it to treat supporters? I mean, we keep going on about trying to get punters back to games and you no know, about how they're the lifeblood of, of Scottish football and stuff, and yet you no know, away fans, whether it's Rangers, Celtic, or whoever. I mean, is that really the way to? To, no, to treat folk, no, it's four turnstiles, we're trialling this new system, punters only getting in, no, till 10, 15 minutes after kick-off, once they get in, no, there's no stewards directing them to seats or anything, it just seems, no, very, very amateurish, um, and that, that can't go on, especially... You're talking a thousand people a turnstile. Especially at big games. Yeah, so you're talking a thousand people per turnstile. Yeah. The turnstiles got new technology. It's that is a disaster waiting and, to happen, and no warnings it? of it. I mean, I, I don't know for certain, but I don't know if Rangers fans were were told that there would be a new system in place or anything like that. So for it to happen in the opening day of the season, um, it's no, it's really disappointing. 
Billy Bowie's been a breath of fresh air in some in some respects for Scottish football come on, okay, yep. but I think this one's backfired, isn't it? His decision to, to cut the allocation. Do you, do you see him doing a U-turn in that? Would, would it be too embarrassing for Kelly? On the allocation? On the allocation? Uh, no, I don't think he will. I think he'll persevere with it. I think maybe for you know a couple of seasons and then, depending on how Kamarnock's form is, they'll probably, once they need the money, they'll probably <laughs> change it. You know, it's fine when it's so... I, I said that at the time, you know, when it's so, when they're flying high and everything's going well, you know, how many times the clubs do this? You know, they try and uh, just get their own fans through the gate and then eventually, you, as always happens, you know, once the form dips... They, no, they can't sustain those kind of attendances. Whereas yeah. fans of Rangers and Celtic will always be there. Yeah. Just a quick look ahead to Michelin then on um, Thursday evening. And um, it's a, a step up. Don't care anyone denies that for the, the two qualifiers so far. Um, the, uh, the Danes made it four and four at the weekend, mm-hmm. despite big Eric Svitchenko's best efforts and getting mm-hmm. sent off. But I think <laughs> they got a last minute winner, didn't they, to go over the line? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's going to be a difficult task. Uh, interesting to read Peter Lovencrantz's um, kind of insight into into the side mm-hmm. um, on Tuesday in Tuesday's paper, where he says they're, they're free flowing, very attacking, and it's something that could be exploited by Rangers both, I think, in Denmark and Ibrox, he reckons. So um, I was going to say, I think that'll be a, I think that'll be welcome news to totally. Steven Gerrard. Yeah. I think he, I think he probably after no, you think of the games they've had so far, St Joseph's and Progress. Um, even a couple of friendly ones that were fairly comfortable for them. Uh, and then you look at the Kelly game on Sunday where you know, Kelly obviously just sat in, uh, sat in to defend, showed very little kind of ambition to go forward, if I'm honest, in the in the 90 minutes. Um, so I think Gerard will actually you know, be quite looking forward to a team actually going for them and, and being in a, you know, a proper game uh, where... Rangers can look to try and exploit on the on the break. And you no, know, we talked about Ojo earlier on. People are saying after Sunday, no, probably quite rightly, it's such a poor game. No, I need to leave him out. No, maybe try somebody else, Jordan Jones, Greg Stewart, whatever. But I would argue that if Mitchelland are going to try and have a go at Rangers, which you expect him to do on Thursday, this is a game for Ojo to play because of that searing pace. Yep. He can get in behind folk. He looks like a good guy to have. I think he showed kind of glimpses of it in the, the last 20 minutes in Luxembourg <clears throat> when they kind of piled forward when he got Rangers up the park beat a few men and was, was getting balls into the box and nearly scored so I would argue that this probably is a game for Ojo to play if Mitchelland come at Rangers which you'd expect at home then no, you would hope for Rangers' point of view that there'll be spaces in behind ah, to, to go and exploit. I think without doubt there will be tomorrow. So uh, the other thing that seems to be sticking out, everybody's talking about. Uh, no, it's the TNS manager played them last season as well. Um, talking about the set pieces, they seem, yeah. they seem to have this great threat at set pieces. Ah. I think I was mean, it Katic in particular? I thought on Sunday handled handled it well. But I mean, the two of them, Goldson and Katic, probably with any kind of aerial aerial threat should be should be able to deal with that, but that seems to be one of their big kind of weapons. 40% of their goals. Is that, is is that, that right? You're saying off the top of my head, I read that. Aye. Aye, 40% of their goals came for set pieces, yeah. so the, you're right. I mean, they are, they are obviously a step up in class. I think they were Danish champions only two years ago. Yeah. Uh, but if you look at that, if you actually look at their qualifying record in Europe, it's not great. You know, they've, they reached the group stage once, I think, and then qualified from the group stage. But they were well beaten by Man United Aye. in the last 32. But if you look back through their list, they always just seem to keep hitting the crossbar. Yeah. And they're not losing to like 
proper you know, real quality sides when they're reaching the kind of playoffs. But they do pick up these odd results that just remind you there's a danger there. Yeah. I mean, they beat Southampton, didn't they? I know we're going back about yeah. six or seven seasons. They, they beat Man United, didn't they? They beat Man United in, in one of the legs. Oh, did they? Right, yeah. okay. Um, well, they aggregate. I'm sure that. Oh, okay, I think they, they got thumped and aggregate. They got yeah. thumped and aggregate, right? Okay, but they had beaten them. Okay. Aye. Just, just help me set, out here, lads. Just in the set. <laughs> I've not just, just made that the, up. Just in the set pieces thing. No, if they are so dangerous at set piece, I just wonder. I know it's a it's a tiny wee thing, but we're talking about left back. I just wonder, does that mean that Gerard will go with Barisic again? Because. No, Barisic is better in the air, I would suggest, than, than Flanagan or Halliday. Mm-hmm. Uh, he certainly get more more height. Um, no, no, that maybe wouldn't they come into your thinking too much if it was against a team who weren't renowned for set pieces. But if you're talking 40%, you know, and Gav's saying it's something that, that this team are renowned for, I just wonder whether that means Barisic might play again. Uh, if, if Gerard feels... They're going to be under a bit of a, an aerial kind of barrage at corners and free kicks. Or Bar- could they go three central defenders? He could. He could. He's obviously got the players to do it now with the, with the four uh, four centre-backs, but I'd be surprised if he changed the changed the system for a big European away game. Yeah. Um, I mean, he'd, I was trying to think back to last season. I mean, remember he threw Joe Warrell in at, at Villarreal, which, which surprised a few people after Katic's impressive start. Um, but that was in, that was in the group stages, and it didn't really change the shape of the shape of the team. And if Rangers were to get to the groups again, I'd expect Gerard to do the same again, and he would mix it up with centre backs and try and rotate because obviously the league the league will be his priority. But no, I would expect I'd be surprised if it isn't Golton and Katic again uh, on Thursday night. And I just think just what you're saying about set pieces. That that might actually give Barisic the nod again uh, at left back because clearly they'll need him to they'll need him to defend. Yeah, just the final word on this, Gavin. Have you found out if I was actually right there? You were right. Oh, uh, hallelujah! It was too that's often. That's our first. <laughs> <laughs> it was a six-three on aggregate. Um, sorry, I just looked at the aggregate score, but I, they actually did win two-one in the home leg, and then they lost five-one at Old Trafford. Trafford. So. So there you go. And on that result, I will bow out with a big <laughs> smile on my face. Uh, that's all from us for now. Thanks very much to Scott and Gavin for coming on. If you want to continue the debate, you can find us on Twitter at record underscore sport and on Facebook as well. We'll be back next week to talk all things Rangers. So don't forget to subscribe on Acast and iTunes to get the pod as soon as it's available. And you can rate us on there too. Thanks very much for listening. Use your mind, use your mind, let your mind, use your body, let it drain